to episode 127 of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. My name is Patrick Rahal. You can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd. And uh, we are broadcasting live from uh, Castle Wolfenstein. Uh, but it will be taped by the time you hear it. It won't be live anymore. So uh, if you're yelling things at the at the speakers, however you're listening to this, Podbean, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, doesn't matter. We can't hear you. But uh, feel free to shout along if you'd like. And send us angry emails at throwdownthursdaypodcast at gmail.com. I am joined, as always, by my co-host in life and on the show, ladies and gentlemen, the real housewife of Transylvania, the mistress of Merlot, and the Michael Phelps of wine, Ashes Von Nightmare. I am so crabby right now. Like, super crabby. (laughs) You're a crabby patty. I am a crabby patty! Oh, no! Don't be a crabby patty. Oh, we're gonna get to that. Forgot the secret formula. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna ravioli, ravioli. Give me the formuoli. <laughs> that does not rhyme. <laughs> you know what they say about crabby patties? They go straight to your thighs. This is true. Just ask Squidward. He knows, and then he blows up because he has thighs. He, well, after eating them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he like never thighs. ate one, and then he ate one, and he was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, he acquired them. <laughs> yes. Well, we are also joined today by the hardest working man in podcasting. The uh, most huggable man in podcasting. That's a uh, that's a call ahead. We'll see what that means later on. Ladies and gentlemen, Johnny Wolfenstein. I don't even know what that means. Yeah, because you don't know yet, but I know. I'm the only one who knows. Can you tell the future? I can sometimes. Do you have ESPN? I do. When it <laughs> relates to hugs specifically. Yes. <laughs> I have a very yeah. specific. You know how like some people ESP. have like gaydar, right? He has, he has hugdar. Like, hugdar, yes. <laughs> hugdar sounds like I don't know. It sounds like a name of a character from something. I feel like that needs to happen. Game of Thrones. Hugdar wants hugs. It's Hodor's brother. Hugdor. Hugdor. Kind of sounds like a Pokemon. It does. Hugdar. Well, we have a very special guest today. Hooray! Uh, he is. A first-time guest, so he gets a, a fun little introduction. But uh, I was just going to make up a bunch of stuff about him. So uh, he is the reason that the original Star Trek was canceled. He never thought he could shoot down a German plane, but last year he proved himself wrong. He is part of Enchanted Exile and Retro Redoctopus. Yeah, that that one is not made up. That those uh, those other two up. were maybe slightly embellished, but slightly. that one is definitely factual. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have the honor of Mr. Timothy Krikorian here with us today. How are y'all doing out there? You can call him Timmy Cricks. Timmy Crick, TK. <laughs> Actually, all my friends back in high school, and by my friends, I mean like, you know, the like jock kids who would talk to me once in a while would always call me T. Crick. And they thought that was real cool. So, Did like, you think it was real cool? I thought it was fine. I was happy they weren't making fun <laughs> of me. Frankly, I was just glad they weren't making fun of me. So, That's yeah, true. They, were, they were always like, hey, T. Crick in the house. So, Like nothing clever like Apple Corian or something like that? You know, I mean, I don't even know if they were clever enough Hard to think Corian. of something like that. Hard Corian, mm, I don't think I would have liked that. Soundcore Pornian? No. No. <laughs> no. Nobody no. likes softcore porn. It's no. bullshit. It's just a waste of time. Fuck that. Yeah, it's like decaffeinated coffee or non-alcoholic beer. Softcore porn's only good for wallpapers, let's be real. <laughs> 
So, uh, speaking of softcore porn, we have... Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> We're talking about a Disney movie today. Yeah. <laughs> Facebook.net. First, we need to... Uh, we need to address something that you guys kind of brought up in an indirect way. Um, today, we are recording this on Tuesday, not on Thursdays. And we lost a uh, love him or hate him. We lost a uh, a very large contributor to the world of animation today. Stephen Hillenberg, creator of SpongeBob SquarePants. This passed away really at the sad. age of 57. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, it's, it's actually super sad for me because like I was just talking uh, the other day about how SpongeBob is one of those shows that I grew up with that just sort of stuck with me. Like I never Same. grew out of it and Same. it's still probably my most quoted like show ever for some reason. Like SpongeBob quotes just exist forever in my so brain. So what you're saying is that you would totally be game for a SpongeBob episode. Yes. <laughs> Yes. I'm yes, ready. See, I'm, I'm ready. ready. I'm ready. I'm I never ready, really ready, watched ready, the show ready. because I'm ah. significantly older than you guys, so it never really I crossed my radar. Loved it. Like I dark. was in yes. high school, middle school, high school when it came on, mm-hmm. and I loved it so much that I drew SpongeBob SquarePants saying I'm ready on my motorboard when I graduated um, from high school. Yes, it said motorboard. Mortar. Mortar. Oh, no. motor. Yeah, what's a motorboard? <laughs> I was just going to roll with it. Mortar. I rode it on my motorboat when I graduated. <laughs> People know what I'm talking about. I the put a quote hat. bubble. He said... Guy. <laughs> it was hard I to wrote, spell. I, I drew SpongeBob saying, I'm ready on my little hat guy. And what was funny is that I didn't make the paper the next morning, but my hat did. Oh, snap. Right? Hat um, graduates college. <laughs> is ready for real world. SpongeBob hat attached to strange girl. News at 11. <laughs> and then, like, my dorm room for all four years um, was SpongeBob. Like, I had the SpongeBob bedspread, and, which Yo, was great for bringing we dates over. We would have been best friends. Because right? I had, like, SpongeBob lights, I, too, I, and everything. I, in college, had a massive Spongebob comforter that I never even once thought was not okay to have. Yeah, I still have it. I just don't currently have it on my bed. But in college, it was my bed sheet. It was my bedspread. And, like, I actually got a girlfriend in college and kept her for a few years, which is now insane to me. So, it's like, now, I'm like, my God. This then is, she this escaped is not, from your dorm then, room? Then she escaped and was like, oh my God, please call the cops. Set me free. Um, but yeah, Spongebob, Spongebob everything. It was great. That, he's he's going to be sorely missed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, something that has, I mean, and it's still on. Right. Yeah. Which it's is like, crazy. It's still new episodes. Yeah. Right? I mean, not as many as I used to pump out, but still like new uh, yeah, specials and stuff. Yep. Um, so yeah, it's still a part of pop culture and like i think it it will be because these episodes just i mean i know people who are 10 15 years younger than i am who love spongebob so much and it's just one of those yeah yeah, young kids now i mean i i I saw a few kids this year that were like four and five that were watching spongebob like reruns that were mm -hmm. episodes that i was watching when i was a kid so you know it's just 
it's sort of become timeless, you know, which is, I think, rare because you look at a kid's TV network and there's a million different shows on there that like I if I sat down and were to look at what was on Nickelodeon like all day today, I would feel like an old man yes. because I have no idea what any of them are. Right. I don't either. Unless they happen to do a rerun of like SpongeBob or something. I have no clue. So there's so many shows that are just coming out mm-hmm. and going and stuff and the market is like so busy. But certain shows just stand the test of time and SpongeBob definitely did absolutely yeah fun story um as a result of a trick-or-treat radio episode and wolfie you might have to help me out with the episode title uh there's a poster here at castle wolfenstein for the film they're watching which is a phenomenal film and it was written and directed by jay lender and micah wright and jay lender used to write for spongebob squarepants and that was one of the first um movie reviews i ever did i used to work for a uh, a journalism site i used to write for a journalism site and i chatted a little bit with jay lender and micah wright and carrie genzel from that film as a result of them uh interviewing with trick-or-treat radio wow that's super cool uh i've never heard of that movie but it's is, fantastic is it like a like a fun funny kind of comedy no like, it's a horror like, or, movie. or it's like horror yes okay I mean, definitely not like spongebob right well, you know, it just shows a diversity in uh, writing ability, I guess, right? Yes. And if if anyone is curious, we did talk to Micah and Jay on episode 199. I got 199 problems, but Romanian internet ain't one. Yes. There you go, folks. It's, it's a really good film. It's really fun. Uh, it's really well done. I enjoyed it quite a bit, and I decided to do this review as a result of the episode. Uh and it was one of the first, like, real interviews I ever got in this, you know, it was before I was doing this show. So, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, definitely special. But, uh, Tim, as you are a first-time guest, yes, one of the things we like to do, and I don't know how familiar you are with the show, uh, but one of the things we like to do with our first-time guests is a little segment we call Getting Into Character. All right. And what we do is we ask you five random questions that have nothing to do with each other or... Maybe not anything that you would ever deal with in your day-to-day life, but we want your opinions on. So are you ready for your getting into character question? I feel like this needs a theme. Getting into character. Gonna learn all about the guests. Okay, maybe something like not as lame as that. Yeah, maybe something better. 29,000% less lame. Yes. Um, Well, my, my response to your initial question is, I'm ready. All right. So the first question, we're going to alternate. So the first question I have is, there is a Simpsons episode where Moe is trying to uh, uh, impress his date, uh, played by um, Helen Hunt. And he goes to a restaurant and orders his finest food, uh, orders their finest food stuffed with the second finest, which ends up being lobster stuffed with tacos. If you were going to a restaurant... And you wanted to order their finest food stuffed with the second finest. In your opinion, what would be stuffed with what? Okay. Uh, That's a really good question. (laughs) So finest food. In your opinion. It doesn't have to be like, you know, caviar stuffed with like truffles or something. Right. Or like, you know, goose liver paste. Yeah. Um, Which is actually not bad. I've tried it. It's actually. I have not. It's all right. Um, So I feel like I'm going to go with something that's going to like 
actually taste good together because I could just be like crazy wacky yeah. and be like, bam, these things don't go together at all. But I feel like something that I would be super psyched to have would be lobster stuffed with scallops. Ooh, Ooh. that would be good. I'm a seafood kind of guy. But mm. um, my initial thought was like something with pulled pork. And then I was like, lobster stuff with pulled pork? Is that even acceptable? I don't know. Maybe. But pulled pork's also like kind of commonplace now. It's not even like like that special, but I still love it. So I don't know. Maybe brisket. Brisket's pretty Ooh. good. What about like a mac and cheese pizza, but that steak and cheese, that Philly cheesesteak? Yeah. Mac and cheese? Yeah. And in the crust? Pulled pork. Stop it. <laughs> oh, yeah, stuffed crust. Eat your heart out. We got meat stuffed crust now. It would have to be like giant stuffed crust. Like, oh, like ridiculous. It would basically be like an entire like circular sub just going around yeah, basically. the outside of the pizza, yeah. which was completely fine. I've That's seen actually the, great. I've seen the, 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 the pizzas that have like the cheeseburger slider crusts. Yeah. Was that a, was that a Pizza Hut thing? Was I that, don't was know that who did that. that? But they, there was also one with the hot dogs in yeah. the crust, too. Yeah. Which... And, mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't get to try that, but I saw yeah, those. I didn't and either. I think that's maybe why Pizza Hut doesn't exist anymore in Massachusetts <laughs> for the most part. I mean, I would have been game, but I don't know. I think the the populace at large is like, no, nah, enough of this crazy experimental pizza nonsense. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'd go with that. Lobster stuff with with scallops would be my like one in that's, my my number one. That's that's excellent. Ashes, what is your question? Okay. So, tell us one random thing that makes you really happy. Tell them your example. Like, okay, <laughs> okay <laughs> like, yeah. All right. Okay, so, like, random things. So, like, uh, like for me, I love pumpkins. I love them so much. I think they're so cute that I hug pumpkins at grocery stores. <laughs> she does. No, I'm so serious. Like, like a, you're a just cute so septum- In September, right? like... <laughs> At the, the grocery stores, like Wegmans just, that have the big pumpkin display, she would go up I and just, hug the pumpkin. And just I just hug feel them. like it's just like cuteness overload. Like, I just, I can't deal with it. Right. Like, you're I like, kind of need... You're just such a perfectly formed, small little gourd, and I love you. Or like like a really big one that's just like super plump and just like, hey, I'm a pumpkin, look at me. <laughs> it's just like, oh my God, you are a pumpkin, let me hug you. <laughs> Oh, wow. So what is your huggable pumpkin? What's my huggable pumpkin? That's a tough one. Like, what just randomly makes me happy? Guys, I'm not happy ever. I'm just a miserable, <laughs> I'm just a miserable sack. Um, honestly, what makes me, like, unreasonably happy is, like, video game music. Like, a lot of people will have certain songs that do it for them and stuff. And, like, I love all kinds of music. But for me, when I hear a song from a game or something that was something I grew up with, it's, like, this wave of nostalgia. And, like, it immediately makes me think of, like, the first time I played that game, of being a kid, something like that. And it's something that, like, not a lot of people really get. Because it's, like, it's so linked to, like, my childhood and growing up and stuff that, like, you know, if you played me, like... I don't know, a random song from Castlevania, I would get like feels because it's just like the the music and everything, you know, you know how sometimes when you hear a song, you get like goosebumps. Yes. So it's not always to that level, but it is like a extremely happy moment, especially if it's like something I forgot about. Like okay. if it's something that reminds me of a game that I like totally forgot about, or I haven't heard it in a really long time. It just totally like puts me in like a super happy place. Hey, so Wolfie, out of uh, out of curiosity, do you happen to still have the theme for the video game thing kicking around? 
Uh, do let me just see if I can find it quick. I think you would uh, you would enjoy this, Tim. This is the first thing that I thought of. When okay, you, uh, were well, it was from what, it was from like the X Men game or something. No, I don't want to tell him what it's from. Oh, okay. I want him to try and guess it. Oh, okay. Go, okay. That's actually my my favorite game of all time. Yeah, was guess, guess that game song. All right, here we go. So let me pop it in here. Hopefully, it works. There we go. Silver Surfer for the end. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> This yeah. was a uh, segment on uh, a podcast that uh, sadly no longer exists, but uh, the host would then talk about you know upcoming video games. And it's an awesome, it's an awesome, it's a great song. theme. I'm going to be honest. When I actually heard the uh, the intro segment to the Throwdown Thursday podcast, I thought it was from Soap Surfer. Like it just there, there's Wolfie like created that. Yeah, there was just like <laughs> elements of it that like initial knee jerk was like silver surfer and then i'm like no this is this is an original but that's pretty funny. well i wanted it to sound like a boss battle that was kind of yeah right like you're, you're, you're about to wolfie throw down did, wolfie right? did a great job yeah so. no that's off wolfie thanks so yeah i thought you might enjoy yeah that little definitely thing. i figured you'd still had that kicking around there that's wolfie. that's like uh name that tune and you know how many notes right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, think you got it in three i was gonna say it was very quick <laughs> yeah uh, i don't know if you guys ever played song pop that like uh, oh yeah, yeah. you know yeah, yeah. the game gotta guess it really fast if there's like ever was a game category I would always be good if it's retro. If it's new and it sounds like orchestral or something, I, it's really hard because a lot of it kind of blends together. But when yeah. it's like the beeps and the boops and that, oh, it's just so good. Well, that brings us to question number three, which I think, or yeah, question three. I wrote one, two, and three, but I had lines skipped. Uh, so question three, not two. Which 8-bit video game character do you most identify with? Kirby. Kirby, we actually have an episode on Kirby. I actually knew that. I, I was I was informed of this. And Kirby, your enthusiasm. Yeah, um, the, the only all ages podcast you yeah. guys have put out. It's the wow. only one that is not explicit. Because wow. uh, I actually was holding back a swear earlier because I just. I oh no! Sure. You swear all you fucking. All want. right. All right. Yeah. I mean, because you know, sometimes I I'm just a total total trash mouth, but. Um, oh no, that's perfectly fine. No, go right yeah, ahead. Yeah, I'd say Kirby because, like, you know, he's he's just like happy and he just goes about his day and he just eats everything and I like eating everything <laughs> and like you know he he'll he'll eat something and then he'll kind of become like it. So like you know when I eat turkey, I become a turkey. When I eat a potato, I become a potato for the rest of the day. You know that's just sort of my like mantra. I think so. I think Kirby and I kind of really just get each other. You know, it ain't cool being no jive turkey so close oh. to Thanksgiving. Oh, there used to be a restaurant in Fitchburg called Jive Turkeys, and I never <laughs> got to eat there, and they closed before I was able to go. But, man, their logo was like this, like, super foxy, like, black ex- like black exploitation kind of look, and the lady had, like, this huge afro, and it was just Jive Turkeys, like, you know, southern comfort food or whatever. I was like, oh, oh my, my God, God, what a beautiful establishment. Right? Love it. Ashes, question four, please. Okay. So, you are putting together a music extravaganza, Tim Fest. Okay. <laughs> you can pick one opener and two co-headliners. Okay. Who do you choose? All right. Anybody ever. Anybody ever. You All can right. be like Mozart opening for... Oh, my God. See, I'm just thinking bands that are currently MC existing. MC Chris. <laughs> oh, that's... Okay. All right, so I got like your utopian concert. All right, my utopian concert. 
Oh my god, you guys, this is wicked hard. The person who wrote the Silver Surfer theme. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Tim Fallens needs to be there. He needs to play the entire soundtrack live. Um, No, I mean, I'm super into like rock and metal and stuff. So I'd say one of my headliners would have to be Dio. Rest in peace. Back from the grave. Mm -hmm. Um, And then... You could do the hologram. Yeah, but I'd rather in this <laughs> fake scenario just have him be real, Wolfie. You know what I mean? Like, if 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 this was a real thing, then I'd say, okay, all right, we'll do the hollow <laughs> hollow Dio. Um, and then for the uh, the second headliner, I think I would probably go with uh, probably go with Dream Theater because Ooh. they have just like such an incredibly huge like. <laughs> show and i've mm-hmm. never seen them and they always seem to play shows like on days of the week i can't go and they're expensive so i'd just like to see them um that's why i stopped going to see them i, I think i've i've and i don't mean to rub this in i think i've seen them six or seven times yeah. live and but that was like back in the day i haven't seen them in like seven or eight years yeah, probably because it it's so expensive now. it just never pans out it's super yeah. expensive and it's like on a tuesday or something and yeah so um they're still on my list of bands i want to see and then for an opener I don't know. I kind of want to shake it up, but I, I, I'm going to have to say I'm going to go with like White Snake. I think nice. White okay. Snake would just be like a nice, like, you know, they're going to be fun. They're going to they're gonna keep it high energy and you're going to just get well, I mean, like They're definitely going to get the crowd like rowdy. Going. And like yeah. ready. They're going to play their radio. Like, honestly, I just like if they're an opener, they should get like. Just play the radio like an hits. Hour. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I mean they maybe a couple of B sides. They're not one of those bands. I hope I don't know. I've never seen them live either, but I hope they're not one that like plays one of their hits more than <laughs> once because I know that like Thirty Eight Special will play "Hold On Loosely" multiple times in a well, set. How many songs do they really have? A lot. Thirty Eight Special is a great band. Yeah, no. they're super good. If you actually just listen to all their stuff, a lot of good stuff in there. But they play "Hold On Loosely" multiple times. Like when you have to play your radio hit more than once in your set. I feel like yeah. that should be a low point. Mm-hmm. Well, it's that's like that's Bachman Turner Overdrive. How many times did they take? Did they play "Taking Care of Business"? Yeah, get to the working overtime part. No new stuff. <laughs> <laughs> working overtime. Yeah, uh, I don't know. So, so yeah, we'll go with that. See, I, 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 I just want to chime in with what I would do because mine's super eclectic. Oh my god, Patrick. Right. Okay, what would you do? So, get the it's actually out. four four bands. <laughs> I almost called them blends. Four blends. Uh, Glory mm-hmm. Hammer. Opener, yeah, okay, and then Weird Al, yep, and then Queen, mm-hmm. and then to finish it off, Michael fucking Jackson. Nice, that's my ideal concert. You're capitalizing on like the being able to resurrect people, which is key. Like uh, I, yes. I considered, I considered Queen to be a part of that. If I had four bands, which I was not given the choice, you can just Patrick, add another one. You know, you're just making up your rules as you go. Yeah, I'm gonna add Queen. All right. Where would you slot Queen? And it's in? not because you said it. I swear I thought about it before. Where would you slot Queen? <laughs> uh, so, so I would say what would need to happen is Dream Theater would be bumped to an opener, and then Dio and Queen would do a dual headline, and then Dio would sing sweet Queen songs, and Freddie Mercury would sing Holy Diver, and it would be just oh like that would be a head exploding like magic fest. So yeah, yeah that would be pretty goddamn yeah. amazing. Um, so last question, but not least, what is your most useless skill that you've spent the most time attempting to master? Oh. Attempting to master. Like 
I try to like there was a guy I worked with who could spin his pen around on the top of his hand. Right. I can't do like you know. Oh, I can make a coin walk from you know one right. f- my thumb to my pinky and back. Like you know, one of those types of skills. Um, I can flare my nostrils really fast. <laughs> I mean, you kind of look like a bunny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there aren't any bunnies on the Nintendo, but if there were, I'd maybe be more in line with them than Kirby. But uh, <laughs> if Kirby eats a bunny, maybe you know what? Still Kirby. Um, so I, yeah, the the nose wiggle thing, and also subsequently, but failing at it, wiggling my ears because I'm like, wait, what else can I wiggle? Turns out not much. But also, also one. You thing, have to be uh, careful because you might make God cry. Right? Yeah, I super <laughs> super am concerned about how God's feeling. Uh, but also, I have like. I can bend just the top, like, last digit of my finger, like, oh, on every right. finger. And I never really had to try to do that. It's just, like, something that my hands do. And it's kind of cool because it looks like I can do, like, forced lightning. Oh, yeah. Like, like I look like, you know, Emperor, <laughs> Some... Emperor Palpatine, like, you know, just, like, got the... I also, like, it causes my hands to shake a lot, which actually adds to the creepiness of it. Um, but I can't do it with my thumbs because they're just stupid. They're not fingers. <laughs> But, but they are opposed. But yeah, so I can do this. Can be like red rom, red rom. <laughs> Perfect. You could you could work that into your uh, Danny Torrance or Emperor Palpatine uh, joint cosplay. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. No, I, I definitely will work on that. I think you should. Yeah. I think so. All right. So I think that was a, a pretty good getting into character, and uh, <clears throat> I feel thoroughly into character. Perfect. Well. What we are discussing today is uh, because... We're going to wreck it! Yes, we're going to wreck it. We're going to wreck it! There's a a new film that just came out last week. Ralph breaks the internet, not wrecks the internet, because that would make too much sense. Too much sense. Um, No, because that's the whole thing. It's like, oh, break the internet. Right, like, oh, you broke the internet. Yeah, that was a thing people said like six years ago when they started making this The cool kids are doing. They're like, oh, this this picture. You can hear the quotations. Kim Kardashian breaks the internet. Yeah. You know, like like stupid. Yeah, which was a thing like three years ago when they started (laughs) making the movie. They reference it, too, because, you know, Ralph inadvertently wrecks something, and they're like, yo, you didn't need to break the internet to break the internet, and then you all get to chuckle, and it's like, you know, mm, it's I part of the gag. It's like, oh, they I said guess. the thing. They know what they're doing. Yeah. They're smart. 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 So, all right. yeah, Ralph. So, yeah, we'll be talking about Ralph Wreckington and, uh, when we come back. I don't believe that's his full name. It is. Okay. I made it up. <laughs> yep. It's Ralph, comma, Wreckit. Yes. And uh, we will be right back momentarily. Trick or Treat Radio is a phantasmagorical spin kick straight through the heart of pop culture, navigated by the Deadites. We are the world's greatest electroshock band, we destroy monsters, we drink booze, and we win championship belts. If you're not listening to Trick or Treat Radio, here's a taste of what you've been missing. There's three guarantees in life. What are they? Death. Taxes and Trick or Treat Radio every Friday morning. This is one of the most convoluted movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm fucking trying, man. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah. 
It's like you took a shit on a pile of shit. But you shit on him right. for liking what he likes. Yeah, well, it's my job. This podcast is now banned in Germany. It's me, Giovanni Lombardo Radici. Shut up. I call bullshit. I demand someone to bring me the face of Lindsay Lohan. If I had genitals, I would definitely bang her. Oh, wait. Is she a great big fan person? You just hit the jackpot. This is a weird movie, huh? It had action. It had suspense. It had great characters. It had great acting. I'm going to strangle you with my jockey shorts. I don't like mobster movies. All right, well, here's my take. You're a sick fuck. Thank you. Now shut the fuck up and let me talk. Have you ever seen 2001? The box, right? The box and the monkey. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and trickortreatradio.com. Arrivederci, douchebags. Hi, I'm Dominic Pace, star of Sci-Fi Channel's Megalodon, and you are listening to Throwdown Thursday's podcast. Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 3,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 100 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. And we are back. And uh, before we get into our, our uh, conversation about uh, Wreck-It Ralph, uh, as you just heard a moment ago, we have uh, uh, reached a partnership with Powerslam.tv for all your wrestling needs. So if you're tired of seeing Brock Lesnar hold on to the championship and then never, ever, ever, ever defend it, uh, check out Powerslam.tv. And as a special... Listeners of our show, using the code THROWDOWNFREE, in all caps, can get a free month at Powerslam.tv. What? Oh, yeah. That's mad nice. So there's thousands of hours of wrestling from all kinds of federations all over the world. And there's just there's so much content. I highly recommend it. If you're if you're a big indie wrestling fan or you're just tired of the mainstream stuff, just regurgitating the same storylines, check them out and use the code THROWDOWNFREE, all one word, all caps, and get a free month at powerslam.tv. Or even if you're not into wrestling, give it a try, right? Yeah. It'll, it'll, it'll show PowerSlam that uh, you, you guys are pushing the product. That's right. So... If you're curious, I know you know. There's a few people who you know we we hang out with, Spicy Kristen, Agent Nicole, who are starting to get into wrestling, but you know, not sure where to turn. You don't know what you like. Here you go. I, and I can say so. If, you know, if if you know, if there are people who like the WWE Women's Division, there's a lot of amazing indie women wrestling uh, going on right now. So it's not just exclusive to WWE. If you want to see a an evolution. There's plenty going on in the Indies. Yeah, and and Wolfie knows because Wolfie, you know, you have your own wrestling podcast. Although we haven't done it in a while. <laughs> Doesn't matter. You still have one. October you... is a hell of a month for uh, the Hossmen. Oh yeah. Well, you guys, you guys know your shit when it comes to wrestling. So uh, we appreciate that. Yeah, we have fun. The Five Hossmen Wrestling Podcast. If anyone's curious, and that's uh, you. That's Jakey. That's El Goro. And who is the fifth Hossman? I don't believe I know him. 
Uh, this guy named Dinamo Mars. Dinamo. Yeah. Dinamo. You ever hear him? Yeah, I, I don't know. And Coop. Yes. So, Wreck-It Ralph. Now, we are going to be touching on some light spoilers in this in this because but like later later yeah yeah, yeah. not yet we will give not you to start an appropriate warning we'll say this is your spoiler warning be like spoiler alert spoiler alert danger danger will robinson there's spoilers ahead yeah so we'll do you we'll know do so just a, just a nice just a light, light warning. general warning yeah, no, yeah just very low volume but uh so ashes you have a ton of notes about ralph so I'm gonna let you start off. Tell us, tell us what you got. Show me what you got. Well, I feel like in order to really start this conversation, we should kind of like roundtable discussion. It. When did you first see Wreck It Ralph, and what were your first opinions on the film and the character? I saw it with you. I don't remember if we saw it in the theater. We didn't see it in the theater. We just bought the digital. We video wanted disc. to see it in the theater, but we didn't. And. Um, Excuse me. See elevation sickness. Um, We're at a high altitude here, people. <laughs> yes, the castle castle Wolfenstein the... is on a very high mountain. Surrounded by a moat. We yes. had to fight trolls. Yeah, actually, I almost parked in the moat, and then I moved my car. Yeah, so, smart. Yeah, no, smart. right. It was close. So, yeah, we didn't have a chance to go see it in theater, although we had wanted to. We, I think we just kind of like took a chance on it and went out and bought it when it came out. And watched it, got some takeout, bottle of wine, watched Wreck-It Ralph. And, and, I, and I got stuff, too. Uh, oh. Wait, wait, huh? <laughs> well, you said a bottle of wine, but I, I also had stuff. Oh, you Alcoholic mean, oh, oh, yeah. You, well, we, we, yeah, we had wine. Well, you, you had most of the wine. Yeah, as, as, as usual. Like, you know, per your character. As you as per our agreement, it's actually part <laughs> of the prenup. I get half her stuff, but she gets most of the wine. It just says most. It's not yeah. specific. It's not binding. I saved you a capful, but there's a cork. So lick the cork! Why do I sound like Harvey Firestein? <laughs> David, why did I send my mother to Atlanta? <clears throat> but anyways, I loved this movie. I thought the characters were great. I thought that the uh, casting was perfection um such lovable characters and hilarious you know we'll go more into kind of like the character analysis of ralph but uh i loved vanellope i was like that's my girl didn't i get like, you a giant toy of i her? bought myself a giant toy of her i didn't remember she the credit for that one oh, i buy her so much i forget she buys like, herself I probably stuff. Bought i bought you stuff i make my own monies okay i buy my own vanilla pivot sweets toy I'm independent. Let's but anyways, independent unlike together. But I love Vanellope and it's funny because the doll, she says things like I'm adorable and President Vanellope von Schweetz <laughs> and it's just great. But I just thought that the um the kind of like the just development of the characters were so solid and the just the entire movie itself, the landscape that it took place in was just so creative. And yeah, yeah. I loved it. It's, um, I said this before we started recording. It's definitely my most favorite Disney movie of the past 10 years. Yeah. 
So, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I feel like that movie, uh, you know, Wreck-It Ralph really just encapsulates a perfect story top to bottom. I, mm-hmm. I saw the movie when it first came out in theater. I was I was looking forward to it because, you know, I was a big uh, fan of gaming and like retro gaming and stuff. And I saw that they were going to be coming up with a fictional like old retro arcade game to base this entire movie around. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's wicked fun. And then I was seeing a lot of the promos and the trailers and stuff and realizing, hey, this looks like they're really going to make a solid movie out of it. They're not just leaning into the game referential stuff. They're really going to, you know, kind of make it its own thing. But you never you never know. You're never sure with certain, mm-hmm. you know, properties like Ready Player One and certain <clears throat> things where there's mm-hmm. a lot of references. You don't know if that's going to take over. Um, and I don't think it did at all. I think really, you know, in Wreck-It Ralph, the first act kind of was, you know, the most densely packed with references and stuff and they were fun they were tasteful you know you had the different shots of the arcade you had the different characters in the uh you know the support group bad yeah bad and on and uh and i think it was it was really well handled but yeah i i absolutely agree i think that wreck it ralph is just a beautifully written story you have a great character who's tragic at the beginning he goes through you know a really you know kind of journey of of kind of it's a real hero's journey yeah it it is a hero's journey and he really develops as a person and helps out you know a a young girl in need and and kind of the the last note of the movie is sort of like this really you know sweet like just kind of you know wholesome moment where he's so happy that he was able to help Penelope get to where she got and is happy just being in his own game able to like kind of see her succeed from afar and it was such like a you know I don't know. It was such like a feelsy moment. It was really like uh, tugging at the heartstrings, like so heartwarming. But really, it, it is effective. It's not. It's not just like fluff. It really was well told in a way that you know makes those emotions feel really genuine, not just ham fisted. So I, I totally agree. To kind of touch on uh, what you were saying, like I think part of the reason that you know the the uh, references didn't get you know didn't kind of overshadow everything is because. They made up two games, you know, you know, uh, well, three technically. <clears throat> well, I mean, like the where they spend the majority of the time that drives the plot, which is right. the uh, you have the fixed Sugar Felix Rush, Junior, um, the Hero's Duty, Hero's Duty. <laughs> you said duty, and then yeah, Sugar and Sugar Rush. Rush. Yeah. So it's like those three are like the main driving forces, but they spend so much time in these games yep. that aren't real games so you don't get distracted by hey look there's mario hey look there's sonic you know yeah i i totally think that was the right call is to to have the the main like you know three acts of the movie or the main like tentpole locations to be current like um to be original made up Mm -hmm. games and then just to you know reference cubert and pac-man and stuff like that here and there and this does have the it is a very typical disney movie in that there's this driving force of don't judge someone just by how they look. Like, okay, Ralph's the bad guy. He sleeps in garbage. Like, let's not invite him to our party because fuck that guy. Like, he's one of those, like, yeah, I'm a bad guy, but I don't want it. He's not bad. He's just drawn that Ralph way. is bad <laughs> yeah. guy, but that does not mean that Ralph is bad guy. <laughs> I'm bad, and that's good. I will never be good, and that's, that's not, not bad. bad. There's no one I'd rather be than me. I think it's brilliant how when they start the, you know, begin the movie, you're getting his backstory and it's actually him telling his story concurrently with him telling his story at Bad Guys Anonymous. Yep. 
And after 30 years, they're like, hey, Ralph, you know, how come after 30 years you finally decided to show up? And it's because he was sick of not being invited to, you know, the after parties. And everyone else would go into the penthouse. The penthouse, and they would have parties, Jeans, and they would dance. Penthouse, yeah, mm-hmm. that <laughs> and jerk. The, he is a jerk. He's such. A I jerk. mean, because if you think about it, Ralph is Ralph more is? a part of the game than well, and any when, of them. And then, reason well, anything is happening in that game, right? Right, and then that's what we learn. Like they learn that without Ralph, there is no game. The game gets shut down or, you know, threatens to be shut down. It's put out of order yeah, temporarily. Yeah, order sign on it. You know, which, which is a, almost like a death sentence. It's like, oh, my God, oh we're, no. we're, they're, they're threatening to put us out of order. Like, you know, what are we going to do? And we see a bit of, you know, Ralph not really being that bad of a guy because, you know, he's hanging out with Pac-Man. And what does he do? He smuggles <laughs> fruit out. Mm-hmm. For the homeless game people. For, for the Q-Bert. Yeah, Q-Bert. he wants to feed yeah. q So he, he gives him Pac-Man cherries. It's so nice. And I will give all the credit to John C. Riley. His voice. There's something about his natural speaking voice that is so lovable. Like, you just kind of want to hug his voice. Like, does that make sense? Yes. Like, there's just yeah, something he, like... He talks like a teddy bear looks. Like, yes. Like he's yes. just like... Yes. He's got, like, like, such, like, a friendly, like, kind of... Not, not insulting, but, like, a kind of dopey but lovable yes like kind of kind of gruff yeah but like just marshmallow which really lends to his comedic characters totally absolutely but especially it just you know it it kind of makes ralph because there's just something you know you you see him and he's massive and he's got the crazy hair and according to vanellope are you a hobo everyone asks him if he's a hobo <laughs> well he says he's nine feet tall and he weighs like 600 pounds are you a hobo um hillbilly hobo he really but, is a hobo well yeah he, yeah lives he in a world of brick i sleep the... under bricks on a stump yeah <laughs> but Makes i just a think... little brick blanket yeah <laughs> I mean, that part is so cute, but so sad. <laughs> it's really sad. I mean, he, you know, he makes the best of it. He like punches the. Well, the best part is soft. when like he lays down and he's like, "Oh, th- what's this? Oh, oh, a brick. A brick. Let me just lay it on top right. of myself." Well, what was once my uncomfortable back pain is now my blanket. Yeah, it's sad. Yeah, it sleeps against the stump. Well, there's plenty of room in that goddamn <laughs> penthouse. Oh, more well, than enough. Right, and, and the breaking point for him is. It is the 30th anniversary of his game. Everyone is up in the penthouse having this anniversary party. Even other games. And, yeah, and other are yeah, like Pac-Man's there. Mario. And, you know, and and duck. he wasn't invited. Some and that really duck. hurts his feelings. Right, because of all the people who should be invited. I mean, I get it that they're, you know, they're they don't like socializing with Ralph. You know, he is the bad guy, but for it to be a celebration of the game and to mm-hmm. exclude Ralph you know, is, is horrible because he's not only a part of the game, he's the driving force. He like right. he is the whole reason he's that the anything needs to happen. Right. He's the catalyst of the entire, you know, game happening. So it it's it's so much just about him feeling like, you know, these people don't even want to give me credit in this of all things, which it feels like inexcusable. There's no reason why he shouldn't be a part of it. And he's just sick of it. He's and sick it, of being left out. It drives him I mean, if this wasn't a Disney movie, I would say this drives him to an almost suicidal goal where he will do anything to get a medal, including 
going into hero's duty, which is just <laughs> duty, <laughs> which is just murder. Everywhere. Yeah, like sci-fi and they, alien murder, and they they have this really nice like expositional kiosk in like the the terminal where everybody's walking around after the arcade closes, in like that almost like a grand central station of video games. You know, game saying, central station is yes as it is. If you die in another game, you will not respond because right. your code's not a part of that game. Which is very smart. I think the yeah. pseudoscience and, and how they explain the stuff in Wreck It Ralph is. Pretty much perfect. Like, yeah, it totally makes good. sense. I'm, I'm completely fine with and that. And it's one of those, like, these are the rules that we are coming up with, and we're sticking by those rules. Right. Which is great, because there are so many movies that, here are the rules. Ooh, we need the plot to wrap up. Uh, just kidding. The hero can do whatever he wants. Right. But in this case, like, there are real consequences. There is a real threat. There's... Mm-hmm. You know, and stuff that we see at the beginning and throughout the movie pays off at the end, which we see in the the the, the final climax of the film. Yep. So, <clears throat> the thing I like the most about Ralph is he's a very tragic figure, but he's also spent so much time in his own game. He's kind of naive because I mean, think about it, like. Fix-It Felix is not exactly, like, the most worldly individual. And, you know, even talking to the people at the Badenon, like, they make everyone seem less than intelligent. Like, if Zangief not bad guy who crush men's skulls with their thighs, like, that's his rationalization. Right, like, that's his first thought of, like, no, this is a solid argument I'm about to present right here. Here it is. Yeah, you know, everybody is so uh, just completely absorbed in their own game. They don't have, you know, a breath of knowledge of, like, what other people are like. Or, I, only... mean, I mean, I guess, you know, they, in some respects, should if they're having these bad and on meetings, right? Like, they are able to meet up with other games outside of their own. But, you know, for someone like Ralph, maybe that was just not happening. He was just more solitary for and the most of the 30 years. the only other person who really speaks, you know, at any length, is the zombie. And I think that's by design. Like, you don't see any of the more traditionally intelligent uh, characters speaking up, except for, you know, that one line to Satan. You're like, hey, thanks, Satan. You know, Satine, actually. (laughs) Like, you don't see him. You don't see, like, any of the evil scientists, like Eggman, say anything. Right, yeah. And it's it's surprising, because you would think... I mean, I think Eggman has, like, a line, maybe. And, and, you know, some of the other people you just get a reaction out of. Actually, the ghost from Pac-Man has a couple lines, I think. But, yeah, it it is interesting that, like, those characters who seem like they would have more to say don't. Because when he comes across an actual villain... Like someone who is, again, it's something that's referenced throughout the film, you know, going turbo. Going turbo. It's like, ooh, even King Candy, are you going turbo? Like, right. Don't tell me you're going turbo on me. And can I just say, Alan Tudyk is a goddamn national treasure. He is. He's a beautiful, beautiful man. And his his ability to mold his voice into cartoon characters blew me away. I had no idea that he was the voice of King Candy the first time I saw Wreck-It Ralph until I saw the credit roll. I was yeah. like, same, and Same. He was blown away. Uh, what was the, the supposed to be like Google or whatever? In, he was uh, like the space bar. Like the Google, oh, yeah, like so the he, thing he bar. He was, uh, yeah, he was the... It was like no something. Yeah, it, it was... Noe or something? 
you know, I just saw it today and I don't even remember. Guys, I, I have feelings about the second but that's, one. But that's Alan Tudyk again. Yeah, it was and Alan Tudyk again. Again, he also played a chicken in Moana. I was going to say, right? did you see Moana? He was the chicken. My favorite thing, it's, it's a Perfect little meme of, of him. And it's like, you know, he's talking into a microphone and then the caption says chicken sounds. And he just turns and goes, I went to Juilliard. <laughs> but awesome. Alan Tudyk is just amazing. Like... <clears throat> Before we get off and make this an Alan Tudyk like love fest, uh, I love Rent. Just putting it out there, love Rent. I hate Rent. It's due at the end of the month. Like, oh God Friday. damn it! I wasn't talking about that. The play. <laughs> yes, Alan Tudyk is actually in Rent. Oh, is he? And he sings. He plays Johnny yeah. Rent- Rentington. Wow. No, no, not no. so much. No. I've seen some of no. Rent, uh, the movie production, and actually my mm-hmm. high school did a production of Rent, but I didn't know what it was at the time, so I, I didn't know enough to go see it. But I, I do actually like some of the music from Rent. It's pretty good. It is good. But anyways, um, I love the character arc that Ralph has. Like, he definitely is a fully developed character, and he goes on this, like you said, Patsy, like a hero's journey. And what he does, and even then, like, so he befriends Vanellope, and he kind of befriends her kind of like a friends with benefits type of of friendship. No, hold on. Um, No, 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 no. This is rated G. It's a children's movie. Um, no, it's it's Don't he wants to help her be a racer. They're not really. So, fr- it's it's a it's a relationship of convenience, right? Okay, yeah, like a reluctant friends with benefits. Okay, is something well, different, well, but it, much different. But it could be but a relationship of convenience. Yeah. Sounds worse. It's like well, a, no, no. You know what needs, it is? It's, it's a, mutually beneficial. Yeah, he needs something from her, and she, she needs, needs something, something from, from him. him. Like, right. I want my medal back that you used as a coin, but the only way is for you to become a great racer. And so I have to help you learn how to race. So I have to do all these things. I have to build you a cart. I have to build you a track. I have to. I have to show you how to like keep you train safe and, and yeah, mm-hmm. protect you and everything because your well-being directly you know impacts my ability See, to to succeed. It's almost like there are two concurrent um, heroes' journeys because the hero's journey generally is you know. You find out that you're special uh, through some I'm special. older, wiser mentor. Think about Luke Skywalker's story. He's a nobody, but it's like it turns out he's not a nobody because he goes on this grand journey with a, a, an older mentor who trains him. But before his training is complete, he uh, loses his mentor for one reason or another and has to continue on by himself. And, you know, develop all the skills that he needs himself and actually complete his quest without anyone else's help. And we see that with Ralph, only he goes through his hero's journey very quickly, gets his medal, accomplishes his goal, but then becomes the wiser, older mentor to Vanellope as she goes on her own hero's journey. Well, that's because he loses his medal. Right. And needs her to get another medal. But he was on his way back to getting it. She stole right. it from him. But she needed that as part of her quest to obtain her destiny. To stop being a glitch. Well, she's she not a glitch. Stop. She has pixlexia. 
She does have Pixlexia. So, that, I don't know. The whole glitch thing with Vanellope I thought was interesting because it made sense that she started glitching because her code got removed. But then it became like a choice because her code got put back into the game. She realized but it's her kept, powers. It's kept intact. Right. And it's like, no, her glitching is just her powers. It's her, yeah. it's her special ability. Right. You. Th- it's like Dumbo with his magic feather. Right. Right, he can always. Fly. The power was within you the whole time. You wow. didn't need props right. or anything. You didn't need. She like, had a traumatic event, which was being hacked out of the game, mm-hmm. which made her realize her mutant abilities. Of, Pretty much of glitching. Basically, yeah. She's an X Men. <laughs> I think she's too young for transition surgery. X girl. X gal. Um, yeah. I think that the whole interaction between Ralph and Vanellope starting out being begrudging and annoyed and feeling like, okay, I just, I need to do this and whatever. And then how it evolved into one of such like, you know, tenderness and caring and things like that. And it kind of became more of like a, you know, father, daughter, sort of older brother, younger sister kind Mm -hmm. of thing. And I think that is like a huge part of the magic because Mm -hmm. that journey you get in, it gets, conveyed in such a concise way in the in the span of a single movie that i think is really hard to achieve especially when they're characters that we have zero attachment to before this movie like these are entirely new no you know no preconceived notions about these characters and they really made you care oh yeah in like an hour and a half the moment when she gave ralph the medal that she had made him the cookie that says you're my hero on it melt and yeah, I was just done. I was like, yeah. "Yeah, I'm not crying. You're crying." <laughs> well, Why even is the room crying. Even like <laughs> the part I was going to touch on, where he's like, he generally wants to help her because he has, he is a nice guy. Yeah, you know he, you know he's helping her build her racer. You know, when he's going through all these hoops, you know, sometimes literally jumping through hoops to try and And, get... And she's, like, pressing all of these buttons and doing all of these things and trying to create her her dream race car. Trying to make, like, the proper batter for her car to get baked. And and Ralph's like, no, no, you're doing it all wrong. You're getting all the trash and the good stuff. And it spits the car out. And he's so so like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And she just looks at it and she's like, this is great and in, and he's just like okay you know like, she loves wow, it i she love loves it. it i love it it's yeah. great but you know, you know yeah because she just because she's he just want, yeah and, and he just wants the best for her like you know once once that that friendship just clicks like he just he just he just wants her to be happy right like he felt really self-conscious not because he thought this car wasn't likely to win for his own sake he just he was he, wa- he wants her to he win. wanted her to have he a really nice car. He wants her to car. succeed. Yeah, he, yeah, wants, her to, he point, wants her to be happy. He was invested, and at that point, he's so worried because he gets tricked by King Candy. I was going to say, and ultimately, that's why he destroys that yes. car because he's you know tricked by King Candy into thinking that you know with her glitch, if she goes over the finish line. The game is going to like freak out. People and won't like the game. It'll, think it'll add right. to they, the they, roster, they think... and they'll think her glitching ability will be the game actually glitching. And it'll right, get, it'll and then, then they'll unplug the game, and because she's a glitch, she can't leave the game. Right. right. 
So she would ultimately she would be die dead. with the game. Yes. So, you know, he did something terrible, but it was to protect her. And I think that that moment was one of the most complex and definitely the most like heart wrenching when you when you see Ralph just destroy the car in front of her. Because it's, yeah, it's really hard to watch. She's, like, she's so really distraught. heartbroken. And yeah. it's really it's... like the turning point of his character because he goes back to his own game thinking that, you know, he did something to help her, even though he knows it's going to cost like his only friendship because mm-hmm. he's not friends with these guys and batting on. Like, I don't think those guys have friends. They're just there at a support group. Right. And then he looks out because he gets mad and he throws his medal away because he's like, everything I've done, I'm not a hero. This isn't worth it. Mm-hmm. And he throws the medal and it knocks the corner of the, uh, the out, out of, of order yep. sign down. And he looks over and sees the side of Sugar Rush. And sees a picture of Vanellope, and it's like, wait a minute. Why, if she's a glitch, why is she a feature of the game? Why mm-hmm. is she like painted on the side painted of the on game? the side of the whole cabinet? Like that doesn't make sense, right? So he goes back and does the right thing again, but like gets everybody to help him. Gets Felix to fix everything. Yep, uh, to repair the car and. You know, and then she shows her skill that she actually has, you know, as a racer and, you know, she forgives him. And then, oh, it's he attempts to sacrifice himself for her because we find out that King Candy is Turbo, the guy who left his game and took over another game because both of those games to get shut down. Yep. Yep. Because he left his game, and it was like, wait a minute, why is this character showing up in this game? And it ruined the game, so he ended up bouncing out of there and corrupting the the uh, the code for Sugar Rush and manipulated that code, made himself king somehow. They don't really... He's a, he's a master hacker. Yeah, they, they kind of gloss over that, uh, how he locked up everyone's memories and got access to the code and made everyone forget that Vanellope was like the hero of that game, Mm -hmm. you know, made everyone treat her like shit to the point where she's like, all right, uh, you're all going to get executed. (laughs) Yeah. When she actually finally at the end becomes, you know, Vanellope von Schweetz and she's like the princess. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, right. That's oh we like you right. we like oh, you yeah yeah we oh, just hey. remember oh, hey. no sorry now that, for now being that a cool, jerk um, isn't I, it weird that the same day you got a pool was the same day we realized we liked you <laughs> just yeah. a coincidence but I think it's funny that they don't show Vanellope on the the arcade cabinet with her princess costume on like she looks like the kind of like ragamuffin like candy in her hair kind of look that we're used to Mm -hmm. and it's interesting because i think that in reality it probably should have been her princess costume because that seems like the costume she would have been given for that game Mm -hmm. i disagree yeah i think you only see that if you beat the game with vanellope maybe you don't want to because i mean what's on the other side of the cabinet you don't see that maybe it's some of the other racers Right. But you never, you, you know, if you win with her. You think she gets the dress. She gets and that's the dress and you see it on the screen. Because it it's like a spoiler. Right. It's like, yeah, it's like her ending. Her character ending is that she she's like, you know. But I don't know. I just feel like her character is Princess Vanellope Von Schweetz. Like, that's just who she is. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, 
not knocking, you know, hoodies and being comfy all the time because I'm sure that's way better than wearing that princess dress all the time. And I just think it's funny. That gets addressed in the sequel, which we will get to it shortly. Does. So we see at the end. It's a really happy ending. It's a, it's a super very happy nice ending. ending. It's a little bittersweetness. But Ralph but very happy. understands his Fix it Felix marries Calhoun. Yeah, who is oh, Calhoun is a bad dynamite. She gal. is a badass put the honey glow leader. in my cheeks, something awful. <laughs> she is uh, if you're not familiar with the film, she is the badass leader of the troops in Hero's uh, Duty. Hero's Duty. <laughs> duty. And it's a big duty. Um, Voiced by Jane Lynch, which was a perfect casting decision right there. The casting just all throughout. Sarah Silverman is Vanellope. Oh, love it. Love it. And I guess when they um, recorded the voices for this, sometimes they'll have people like phone it in, like do separate um, like recording sessions. They had everyone in the same room together, which is why you get that chemistry. It helps so much. It's it's Mm -hmm. hard to to orchestrate, I'm sure, but every time that a show or anything does that, oh, you can tell. The the chemistry is just amazing. And and you get that ad lib as well, like the the improv. And you know, you can tell that people are really getting into their character and I don't know, I just it it just kind of creates a dialogue that's more honest and and real than that's something that we've talked about with Mike Price a couple of times. Correct. Uh, he, Mike Price, if you are not familiar, Tim, or if our listeners are not familiar, is a writer on The Simpsons and co-creator of Epis awesome. for Family. Yes. <clears throat> and he is awesome. Uh, and he was telling us about the animation process, like how we go about... I mean, I'm sure Disney is slightly different than, you know, The Simpsons or Epis for Family. Um, but they go about, like, you know... We try to get everybody together for a table read. And then, you know, if people have to re-record something, like, they might, you know, call in or Skype in. Or I'm not sure exactly how they do it. You know, we didn't get into that much detail. But if someone's in that scene with them, they try to connect the two of them together on... It's like, okay, we have time at 3.30 to 5 o'clock on Tuesday. And, you know... Somebody Skypes in from Chicago. Somebody else Skypes in from Texas, you know, and they're able to have that dialogue because you can't just read lines with nobody around. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, like you can, but it just doesn't. It I don't know. It loses something. It, it feels right. a little more mechanical. Right. It's just it's just it's not the same. Right. Having all the people together, you know, it's it's so much greater than the sum of its parts. Right. Especially right. if you can get everyone together into one room, especially. And for, for like the, the kind of improv of, of, you know, the potential there. And you're dealing. You can't improv really by yourself. You're pretty much, if you're reading, uh, you know, lines by yourself, you're pretty much going to stick to the script, I think. You know? There's a right. lot, you know. Yeah. And we see this from John C. Riley in some of his movies like Step Brothers, Talladega Nights, because he's playing off of Will Ferrell. And all of these uh, people in this film are all are talented, playing off of Will Ferrell. No, are talented comedic oh. actors. Jane Lynch, uh, Jack McBrayer as fi- Fix Love It Felix. Him. Yep. Uh, Maurice Lamarche, who plays the voice of Tapper, I believe it's. I believe it's Maurice Lamarche. Yep. Who has been in Simpsons, Futurama, Rick and Morty? Pretty much, if you hear his voice, you're like, oh, that guy. He does a voice for this and. He's been in a lot of different animated films and a lot of different animated TV shows. He's one of those guys like Billy West who's done a lot of stuff. So these guys are all, you know, pros. You know, 
Uh, I almost called him Alan Rickman. Alan Tudyk. Yeah, different. Very guy. funny right, guy. Also good Alan. I mean, look at his role in the second Transformers movie or fourth. I, whatever movie he was in, he was in a Transformers movie. Was he? Yeah, he played a German guy. Okay. He was like uh, John Turturro's bodyguard. I'll take your word for it. And... Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Be- oh yes, he's got that movie. He's got comedy chops. So all these people together, all of a sudden, just riffing. Yep. With all, it, like I wouldn't even mm-hmm. like. Here's the scene. Go, go. Like Sarah Silverman. She's hilarious. Super funny. And yeah, I mean, she I doesn't do her. a lot of voiceover work, right? Like I, I haven't. She actually does. Bob's does Burgers. She? Oh, okay. So I'm not. I. I well, don't well watch that's Bob's her. Burgers. That's her current thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. She's done like a bit parts okay. here and there like but Bob's guest. is pretty big yeah, yeah she Andy, yeah and she's I forget if she's Andy or Ollie but it's like her and her twin sister okay well they're not twins they're like they're a couple of years apart but they yeah. play twins yeah. all right but anyways getting back to the character of Ralph I love the ending of the first movie so much because everyone realizes that especially for the game to work you need the good guys quote unquote good guys and you need the bad guys and everyone has a position, like everyone has a part to play, and it's important that everyone plays that part and plays it well in order for the game to function and for everyone to serve a purpose. Right. It's, it is all, you know, a, a complex <laughs> and, machine. What you I was going to say, and we see Ralph's... Um, you know, he's appreciated. His uh, He's appreciated for being a bad he guy. He gets a piece of cake. He does get a well, piece of cake. Well, not only that, he so nice. and Felix build houses for all like habitats for humanity for all the displaced games yep. and they take all the quote bad guys from like the displaced games and bring them into his game mm-hmm. and uh, just before I forget because I already thought about this earlier and I forgot about it but now I remembered again Hooray! we Yay. were at Walmart and they have like you know the little they're about six to eight inches high the little vi- they look like retro video game cabinets yeah, you can get. Yep. They have a Fix It Felix Junior. Oh no way! So it's like next to Frogger and Space Invaders, yeah. and then there's Fix It Felix Junior. I'm like, oh shit! That's oh my god! Because awesome. I remember I played Fix It Felix Junior because they released the game as like a, a game on the phone, like on iOS and Android and stuff. And I thought that was just awesome. They even bothered to make mm-hmm. the game, but oh man, to have it on a mini arcade cab that would yeah. be sweet. Mm-hmm. It, and they're like, I don't know, fifteen, twenty bucks. So yeah, you like, can go to Walmart. Really and get inexpensive one. I, I and super cool. I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm I might too. Yeah, I mean that's that's just super fun and like so meta. I love that. Yeah, so I just wanted to throw that out there before I forgot again. So um, if you actually want to play, th- I'm wondering if they throw Cubert and all those guys in. That would be cool. That would be really neat. Um, probably licensing that they'd have to work out, but that would be great. But in the bonus round, yay! But yeah, I I love how the movie ends and how Ralph really, you know, he gets to actually you know, have a good relationship with the people Mm -hmm. in his game. And then, you know, he says that his favorite part of the day is at the end when they all lift him up real high and they throw him off the building and he gets to just peek out just enough so he can see Vanellope racing and all the kids out there loving how she plays and just, you know, having a great time with her and everything. And and they show Vanellope, like, kind of waving at Ralph and stuff. And it's just Mm -hmm. like, it's so stupid cute. I love it. Right? It's It's just so great. They view her as having a superpower. It's like the blue shell in Mario Kart. Like, oh, I'm in second place. Glitch. Oh, right. Just now I'm right in first. You. Yeah. And it's like, I don't even know if any of the other characters have superpowers. They don't really establish that much. But, like, you know, who's not going to play as Vanellope? She right. seems great. And then that transitions into the second film. Spoiler alert. <laughs> 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 I 
it. It won't be super intense spoiler. spoilers. Danger, Will Robinson. Spoilers, spoilers ahead. Spoiler we do alert. have to spoil a little bit, and we do have to talk about the spoiled it. The um, the plot and that kind of revolves around some spoilers. Yeah, try, I mean, we'll try to be a little broad, but yeah, there's definitely. I am stuff a little broad. You are a little I'm broad. A little I, broad. I, I I have to try to be because I didn't start today as a little broad. So. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I think that there's definitely stuff that goes on in the second movie that needs to be addressed as far as, you know, plot and stuff like that. And again, it's another, I think, in my opinion, a really good character arc because each character learns something, you know, and obviously the two main characters of Ralph breaks the internet is Wreck-It Ralph and Vanellope and they each go on their own journeys and, the journeys are kind of parallel to each other and they both learn something in the end. And it's not, uh, it's not as like heartwarming, like feely. It's actually, it's as, actually the opposite effect. I found, uh, I found like it made me feel one, like, like sadness at parts, but it's relatable. Fair. It's a very relatable Fair. ending. So and yeah, the ending, I think the ending was probably the most like, poignant part of the movie that i felt really resonated with people today um but like you know because of the internet right because of the internet because of yeah so you know they really take technology into play i do i do have and some questions about what? that ending how is it are we gonna are we gonna start with the ending well because there's just one thing that we we touched on in the first game i mean the first first uh part of the, the show. first game Game now, one, game two. Yeah, game one, game A, game B. What's one of the rules? In it was a big driving plot point. If you go into someone else's game and you die, you can't get brought back. You're done. Right. That's brought up in this film a few times. Yep. And then they kind of just, oh yeah, well, this character in this game added my code to this game so I can just respawn. It's no big deal. Yeah, that was very hand-wavy. I mean, to be fair, at least they addressed it by saying that, but it felt like... I felt like there was a number of things in this movie that were just kind of like hand-waving, like sweep it under the rug, don't think too much about it. But yeah, I mean, I guess you could say if if Turbo could do it to Sugar Rush, then why couldn't another character figure that out? But he put himself in a game... But also was able to manipulate everybody else to forget another character. But I guess, well, they had the physical pieces that he was able to like, like physically lock away, like they were physical things. How Are does you talking about the the kitty gets the milkshake no. and the bunny gets the, the pancakes? How does, bunny got a lot of pancakes. How does a character in a game? That's how I felt on Thanksgiving. Get right. Oh, the, the bunny code got for all the a character pancakes. from another game and put that character's code into their own game. They're saying that the characters in the game can manipulate <coughs> their game. And won't anyone notice that Vanellope is no longer in Sugar Rush and right. then Sugar Rush gets shut down? Yeah, because because Vanellope's whole argument is like, oh, whatever, there's 16 other races. They won't miss me. But it's like it is going to be a problem because you are the primary character everyone's playing as. So you are on sudden, the side of the goddamn yeah, cabinet. But, 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 Everybody but, who plays the game the first, is going to be like, so she's just gone? In the first movie, they address that you only get nine different players each 
each each day. And it well, yeah, and it depends on like who. And there are like sixteen previously players, right? Total. So I mean, the top nine get yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, but people are still gonna notice that there's no Vanellope ever again. Especially when she's like the number one character people play as, which okay. felt like weird. A weird but like, aren't choice. you the one who like preaches like suspension of disbelief? I also preach, as I said earlier, play by your rules. Play by your rules that you make up, and I've made this argument many times. Do I have to talk about Ant Man again? Uh, no. Oh my God! Please no, don't. I've heard the Ant Man argument, and it's no. solid. It is solid. I mean, like it's a it's solid sound. argument. I just but, don't want to hear it again. Right. Well, that's. I've heard it so that's many times. We're all caught up here. You guys like, can check out another episode to find that out. I'm sure. Probably several other episodes. Definitely our Ant Man and the Wasp episode. But can I just say how I love it that the game that she like wants to be a part of is called Slaughter Race. Like, yes. Slaughter, Slaughter Race is a. Uh, like way worse funny name for a racing game though because sugar rush was perfect and slaughter race is just like two words i thought it was s laughter race right i know like south of laughter. but i mean like sugar rush is like yay sugar rush and it's like slaughter race yeah the 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 just sh- completely total opposite. opposite total stark opposite but i felt like creativity was definitely not super high when they were like thinking of what to call that they're just like it's just slaughter race i don't know and uh I but I think it was funny because, you, you know, you needed something that, I don't know, I just thought it was kind of perfect. It's stark contrast. Yes. It's like a total stark yes. contrast. See, I disagree with the and when she's singing about creative it. part. I feel like calling it Slaughter Race is just like so on the nose. It's like, okay. Well, they also had to come up with a word that kids aren't going to instantly recognize. They could have called it, you know, Doom Patrol or, or Death Drive or... Death Drive would have been better. Yeah, but murder are, cars. Are you, yeah. Slaughter, like the murder of like multiple but things is better. A six-year-old kid isn't going to recognize the word slaughter. Six-year-olds are pretty smart. Yeah, but they'd recognize murder, death, kill, killer think, cars. But, but my, my point is not that I have a better name. I just feel like slaughter race is pretty on the nose. It's not like it's not a big knock against anything for me. I'm just saying. Oh, I'm just saying like it was, they had to put more creativity into that to maintain that it's a kid's movie. And as much as they try to say this is a kids movie, like it's kind of not. It's it's aimed at adults. Yeah. What fifteen year old kid knows what Qbert is? Right. I mean those those references are going to fly right over a lot of the younger people's heads, but which they... I think is why it works for so many audiences. Like it, mm-hmm. it appeals to the older audience, it appeals to the young because if you don't get the, those references, it's not make or break. It's not going right. to ruin the movie. Well, and that's like what a lot of Disney movies do, and that's what a lot of children's show. I mean, we were just yeah. talking about SpongeBob. SpongeBob, you know, Adventure Time. A lot time. of shows like cartoon animated media does is they have like the you know easy tangible stuff for the kids like oh this is funny this is silly you know he's a bear and he's talking but then they have the more grown up sex jokes you know like innuendos innuendos, right kids aren't gonna get or you know kind of like uh characters that either are or look like characters that we would, you know, or, or people older than than, than us mm-hmm. would recognize and be like, oh, hey, that's kind of funny because that's like right. this guy, you know, who did yeah. this thing. Rock it's like, Modern we're just Life gonna... was good for that. Yeah. yeah. Right. Because he was a sex sex phone. Right. That was one of his, one the page, of his jobs. Wash your hands. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. And oh, the page. Baby. Wash your hands. Well, it's, it's like, you know, they're trying to reach a... a, a 
multiple audiences. And one of the examples I bring up, it's not a Disney property, but the third Lego Batman uh, video game, when you play as Wonder Woman and you fly around, it plays... It plays the Linda Carter Wonder Woman song. That's pretty cool. Like, when Superman flies around, it plays the John Williams theme. You know, one of the things you have to do is rescue Adam West. Kids aren't going to understand what that is. Right, and that's fine because it doesn't really detract. Like, it's still something to do in the game, but it adds so much if you get it. Right, and it's designed for broader appeal because it's the fun, family-friendly play of but at the same time it's kind of like you know if your child doesn't get it it can be you, you can be like okay it's a bonding moment little, yeah right. exactly come here right. little johnny i'm gonna show you what this is right because you know parents are going to be playing it with their kids and there's going to be you know appeal for multiple generations and then yeah the the parents can share that stuff with their kids and you know kind of explain it if they if they want to if it is yeah. something harmless like creating that creating magic moments now yep. i have to say uh, getting back to Wreck-It Ralph 2, Breaking Electric the Boogaloo. Um, I remember thinking, this movie has a shark and bee puns. This is the best movie ever. Because I don't know if you guys caught on to this, but when she's doing her classic Disney I Want song after she uh, speaks with the Disney princesses, because, like, haven't you ever had a song when you're staring into a an a, important a body, body of, of water? water. Mine is a horse trough. Um, that's the the Disney I Want song. Like they mm-hmm. sing about, you know, Ariel has part of your world, and Belle has I'm lazy and don't contribute anything to society <laughs> song at the beginning of the movie. Um, this was her I Want song. Yeah, it's her Disney princess, like big musical, I what I want, my dreams. When you see the shark and the shark sings his part, it has puppies in its mouth. And a license plate, which is the exact same license plate from Jaws. That is really awesome. And I saw the license plate and didn't think anything of it. I did. I first thing I thought was Jaws. I'm like, is that the same number? And then I saw something earlier today, and it was. Now, for me, and I didn't really think about this until, again, I watch a lot of these breakdown videos, and I saw one from the new rock stars today. There's no villain in this story. So I, I'd like to counter that at some point. but okay. There are essentially two... Antagonists? Not even that. There are two uh, storylines. The first story is, we need to get this, this part the steering wheel. Sugar rush. And they get it fairly quickly. Now the whole conflict then becomes between Ralph and Vanellope and him being overly protective again... And in a way, the only one who's a real villain is Ralph because he yeah. causes all the issue. Was that what you were going to yeah, say? that's what I was going to say. But he's, again, he's doing it out of his love for Vanellope and his want to protect her. He doesn't want and things his naivete. to... naivete. Yeah, I was going to say, he doesn't yeah. want things to change. He's super happy with everything the way that it is. And, and it then took all him of 30 sudden, years to get that happiness. Right. right. And what I love is, you know, the fact that it has been six years since the original Wreck-It Ralph was released. And it's been six years time-wise uh, of between them the movie. Yeah. Existing so they've in been the friends for six years and they've been having the same routine for six years. And Vanellope loves Ralph. I think she views Ralph as a big brother. Yeah. But she's just kind of looking for something... 
She's a teenager More. now. She's a you teenager know, like, and she's rebelling. She I is mean, going through a phase of like, I want to do something different, but I don't think it's because she's just trying to rebel. I think she literally is just saturated with her sameness every single day. It's the same three courses in Sugar Rush, and I just want something else. Whereas Ralph is just like, I don't know, from a different school of thought. He's happy to just have this happiness, like you said, because it's taken 30 years before he found it. So he's just like, oh my God, I want to keep this as long as human right he just but he wants he wants it tangible he wants to hold on to it and look yeah. at it and look again look at it this way like if you were to look at ralph you'd say he's what 30 yeah maybe maybe so he 30s. was 30 when the game came out he hasn't really aged but he's been around for 30 years so he's like 60 She's a young kid. She's maybe 13, 14 at this point. Yeah, but I feel like we can't, you can't really like age, yeah. put ages on the characters, though. That's just weird. Well, they did, you know, they've <clears> been, <throat> you know, going along with technology and updates, you know, like the glitchy characters, like the 8-bit characters, you know, interacting with, like, think about what Fix-It Felix says to, what's her name? Jane Lynch. Calhoun. Calhoun. I was going to call her Kavanaugh, and I knew that was wrong. And he's like talking. He's like, "Ooh, look at that high definition! Like, oh, look at your face! Like, even though at that moment they're pretty much rendered exactly the same from yeah in the first movie when he first sees her. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just like the style of of graphics that they use. Whereas like Calhoun really has like you know the very detailed eyes and the hair and everything. And Felix is kind of blocky. And all his all the people that are in his game are, are very blocky. And they and move square. in a and blocky they, yeah, way. And a very very you know low frame rate kind of movement and stuff. And and Calhoun just moves like we are used a to person. seeing a Disney princess or like you know Moana it's or whatever from that kind of Nintendo to. To PlayStation like, 4. Right. Like, it's that difference in graphics. And, you know, so they see it in real life. So, you know, they, they do age. And we see at the opening, and you apparently you already knew about this, and I didn't realize it. The opening of Wreck-It Ralph, when Ed O'Neill's character pulls into the, was it Litwack? Yeah. Pulls into the arcade. There's a sign that says, Happy fifth birthday Susie or whatever the beginning of this movie the same sign is there but it says happy 11th birthday Susie mm-hmm. that's pretty cool which I I, I like little touches like that and right that's what you know we're not going to get into all the Easter eggs and everything because there is one you know, Easter egg this that we episode don't would be way yeah. too long but I do enjoy the evolution of the, I would say the continued evolution of the two characters in the second movie yes and even though the resolution isn't I don't know I don't know if it was exactly what I was hoping for it wasn't the happy ending that you get in the first one but it's still an ending and it's right. still pretty happy it's just not that feel-good warm fuzzy marshmallow feeling that you get in the first one but it's still an ending, and it's still good. Yeah. And both characters are happy. They both learned a lot. Yeah, they, yeah, they both learned, and, and they grew a lot. Right. And I think that, again, the ending, and I don't want to give the ending away, because no. it's only been out for, like, a week, and, yeah, not, you know, go, if you haven't seen it, go see it, because it's great. Um, but anyways, I just, I feel that it's such a relatable ending, because I feel like a lot of friendships go through something similar. 
and kind of battle. Uh, Battle the march of time, really. Right, yeah. Yeah, I I felt like that was the strongest message for me was the the way that the two movie ends, uh, their two endings. The first one is like kind of how friendships sort of are when you're you know young you're growing up you're in fifth grade your buddies you see each other all the time like you're 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 the best of friends and then the the ending of breaks the internet is more like what happens after college and when you like when life have happens. a full-time job and life happens and like exactly. how do you really uh, how do you adapt mm-hmm. to uh you know life to still you know schedule in time and and make time for your friends you know ralph is from the school of like he previous to the ending of the you know the whole journey in the second movie felt like no things never need to change this is just mm-hmm. life and and we are best friends and we're going to go to tappers every day and it's going to be great and you know vanellope is is now wanting to to move for something def- different and and have dreams and strive for something else not not to you know diss ralph at all and not to not for distancing herself from him but just because she's looking for something else beyond you know, just the regular every day. That's really what happens in real life when you have friends after you, you know, you have responsibilities and stuff. It also really mirrors the same journey that Ralph went through in the first film. He's like, I don't want the same thing. I'm tired of 30 years of the same thing. Right. But, but in the second one, it's Vanellope going on. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It mirrors. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, but, and, I think Ralph realizes it in the end, but he doesn't really quite get it in the beginning. Right. Right. Yep. Like he finally understands like, okay, you know, if I, you know, if I want our friendship to continue, I have to kind of pull back yep. and be less of a part of her life. So I can be more of a part of her life. Cause I don't right. think what he re- what he didn't realize was that, he was in a way like smothering Vanellope's time and Mm -hmm. and she didn't have an opportunity to kind of grow or do anything else that she wanted to do because Ralph needed her. And Ralph really had become codependent with Vanellope because she was his best friend and they did so much together. And, you know, she just made him feel super happy and gave him so much joy Outside of being okay with his role in his game, you know, he now has this, you know, buddy to go do things with after the game's over and everything. And he has, you know, he, he doesn't want to to let go of that, you know. Right. And, and he learns that sometimes if you hold on to someone too tightly, they will slip through your fingers. However, if you hold on to somebody, you know, with, with, with a loose palm... You know, and let them right. move it's like grasping a handful and, of sand. Right. right. You know, that they'll stay with you. Exactly. And, you know, with the help of the internet, yep. like, you know, keeping in touch and, and, and whatnot. And, is and scheduling in time. Feasible. Oh, when do you have time off? Oh, I got this week off. All right. Well, we should try to get together. You know, it just it felt like so accurate to yes. how friendships are for me now that I was like, that was a really mm-hmm. that was a really like mature development for this you know to take that stance on the ending i i I liked how that went um as as far as like ralph's character throughout the movie again not trying to get too spoilery but i do feel like if there was a you know a bad guy it would technically be ralph but not in the sense like he was in the like in his original game of being Mm -hmm. the like you know on paper bad guy it's just his motives were 
so strong that it drove him to make very questionable decisions that negatively impacted other characters. Right. It's it's just like real life. Sometimes people with the best intentions can be toxic for another person. Right. Well, the right. road to hell is paved with p- good intentions. So. It's true. Yeah. And I think that was what, what uh, the road that Ralph was maybe on. I agree. So I think that's a good spot to... No, 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 no. I got one more thing to say. Okay. Say one more thi- thing to say. say. Thing. Before we wrap this up. Mm-hmm. The kitty gets the milkshake. The bunny gets the pancake. Yes. Patrick has been listening to this like <laughs> over and over and over again for weeks. It's true though. I, I'm obsessed. It's I even I'm obsessed. It. Is, that, it. is it a real game? I think I don't know people are making have... it a real game. It's not a real game. Because I saw like one of the um, previews for Ralph Breaks the Internet that was like an interactive pancake milkshake game where you had to like hold your phone up to the screen and it like, like turned a it into thing? An, like an augmented reality uh, thing yeah, augmented. where you had to like actually swipe the thing to the to whichever side but i was like i had no idea what was going on i, I uh, thought it was yes. like a game that already existed or something it is real okay it is on the uh google play store it's called bunny pancake kitty milkshake game <gasps> as it should be Oh my god, this is real? This is real life? It's a real thing? Prepare to get nothing it's done really? at work. Oh my god. Oh my god. So so I think with that... Okay, bye. Yeah. We'll see you next Thursday. Bye. No, we're not wrapping up the whole show. The bunny gets a pancake. Yeah, well, bunny the, can get the pancakes. Kitty gets, gets a milkshake. milkshake. The kitty does not get that many milkshakes, really, yeah. as we learn. So I told my, my niece, or our, our niece, Emma, who who does occasional promos for us, I said I said the same thing. I said, hey... We saw her on Thanksgiving. I said, the kitty gets the milkshake. The bunny gets the pancake. She goes, no, I get the milkshake. <laughs> so I don't think she got the reference, but. She knows where her priorities lie. Yes, she gets the milkshake. She gets the milkshake. Got to get the milkshake. So, all right, with that, we're going to take a quick break, come back, wrap things up, and uh, retighten Tim's restraints because he's going to be with us next week as well. So we will be right back. Do you love a scary story? Do you love to dance? The big scary monster hides in midnight is a collection of dark songs about sex, love, death, revenge, and the end of the world. Brought to you by the world's greatest monster hunting, Hello, this is the Sasquatch, a.k.a. Bigfoot, but you can just call me Frank. And when I'm not stomping around the woods throwing rocks at hunters, I like to listen to the Paranormal Punchers podcast. That's right, Paranormal Punchers. They talk about all things paranormal, and they're hilarious. 
Go find them on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and ParanormalPunches.com. And we are back. Um, some folks might not realize this, but, you know, as I've said multiple times, that's from my first ever podcast appearance ever. Episode uh, 68 of Trick or Treat Radio, All the Boys Love Larry Fine, which was actually five years ago last Wednesday. Whoa. So I did I did send in a nice little voicemail to uh, Wolfie and the boys telling them that it was all their fault. So there we go. That's the only part of the song she likes. So I wonder why. Yeah. Dynamo Mars speaks the truth. Truth bombs. So I hope you enjoyed that uh, conversation about Ralph. Uh, I definitely recommend seeing Ralph Breaks the Internet. There is a fuckload of shit, like a literal fuckload that we did like not a, get like to. a cubic fuckload. Yeah, a metric, a metric fuckload right. um, of stuff that we didn't get to, like the whole interaction that Vanellope has with the Disney princesses. Yeah, the, the entire the entire like Disney fan site section of the movie is yes. like, okay, so we oh my have Disney. a thousand references that we want to put into this part of the movie, so here you go. And it's and just like, boom. It's, Disney like, it's, a, it's almost like it's fan service, but it's also really well done fan service, which yeah. I'm a fan. I am a fan of fan You're service. You're a fan of fan service. Yeah, yeah this service specific fan service was, was excellent. And there was some... The scene with Groot. There's one bit of fan service that was unintentional, I think, at the time, but now is a, a lot more meaningful. More, yeah. Really, really cool. And... You know, sadly, in our theater, someone was like screaming, "Oh my god, look at how it is!" It's like, "Oh, shut up, shut up!" So we went to the nine thirty p.m. show on Black Black Friday. Friday. We usually go to the later shows, specifically to try to avoid children. children, right? And there was a plethora of children in our theater. Like young kids who I was like, no, 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 shouldn't no. even have not today, been Satan. at the movie. No. <laughs> no, not no. because not they, today. not because it was late, but because like I don't think they could comprehend what they were seeing. It's like if I have this toddler, I'm not going to take them to a movie theater at nine thirty to show them like I want to see Ralph. Well, yeah, I'll just put on the fucking DVD so you can watch this one because you're a toddler and you don't know any different, right? I mean, also, I'm it's not super late. S- how are they awake and able to process this I'm movie? I'm not going to... S- and if you're a parent of a toddler, how are you awake? Right? Maybe they were trying to take a nap. Ooh, that Ooh. was it. That was their nappy time. But, uh, again, I hope you enjoyed that talk. Um, there was a slight battle snafu as a result of uh, Thanksgiving. I was just in, like, sh- a shop overload... We were at Walmart I went at to so many stores. And it was ten degrees and we waited for two so hours. So much shopping. So yeah, I think I think like between just being all like must get deals, must get deals and like waiting in the cold and, and like my brain froze. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure that's what happened and we forgot the battle. So 
We're going to post last week's battle this week, and you will have two weeks to vote on it. Yes. So, in case you forgot, because last episode we had Mike Price on uh, promoting the new season of F is for Family. Which premieres tomorrow bum, bum, bum. on Netflix. What? So, what? Take the day off. Tape and Binge cork it. the dog. Lock the kids in the closet <laughs> if they're not there already. You know, it worked for Harry Potter and you saw how well he, he turned out. He went to Hogwarts. And just stream. It'll be 3 a.m. out here. 3 a.m. It'll start. Uh, it'll drop and you can just watch it. So don't go to work. After you're done listening to us, just prep for season three of FF for Family. That's all I got to do. Okay. So in case you forgot, the battle is the animated, matrimated, yes, I made that word up, tag team turmoil. We have Frank and Sue Murphy from F is for Family versus Homer and Marge from The Simpsons versus Peter and Lois from Family Guy versus Bob and Linda from Bob's Burgers in a table, ladders, and chairs match. Yep. Boom! Yeah. Uh, intergender tag teams are <laughs> always uh, badass and adding in the TLC element. Yeah, it's just uh, it's some crazy stuff. So so we will definitely post this one. I yes. think you promise. I think you promise all of you. And so what are you going to say? Next week. Next week. Next week we are talking giant mutant turtles. Turtles! But not teenagers. Pizza! Oh, no pizza? No pizza. Fully, oh, no pizza. fully grown. Fully grown. With big toofies! Yes. Got really big toofies. And we're going to be talking about so Ash's funny. favorite kaiju. <laughs> and, uh, Tim, I believe your favorite kaiju as well. Uh, I do love me some of this kaiju. Uh, we're going to be talking about Gamera. Or Gamera! Gamera, if you're certain Gamera. people. Gamera! So, join He's us. really neat. Yes, and he He's is filled, filled with, with meat. turtle meat. That's true. So, we're going to be discussing Gamera next week, and it's going to be awesome. And I'm so excited! We already got some feedback for that. Oh, feedback. So, I'm very, very excited for that. that feed. So, I think with that being said, we will... See you next Thursday. The body gets the pen. Yay! Yay!